Thank you, Jag and Miss Eva. Beautiful job as always. I want to ask you to turn in your copy of God's Word to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. And as you're turning, I just want to just say a word of thank you. So many of you have joined us in this reading three psalms a day. And, and I hope, like me, it's been very much a blessing for you. Uh, I know every single day I wake up in the morning and I, I go to social media and I look to see the video that, that one of you has put up on that day about what God has shared with you through the Psalms. And it has been so encouraging to hear you talk about the things that you've been learning and the encouraging words that you're giving to the rest of us as a church. You are doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much for doing that. And I, I just can't wait to hear what God is going to say through you in the days ahead. You know, you've heard it said before that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Or maybe you've heard things such as you don't really know what you miss until you don't have it anymore. I think that certainly would be true for us gathering here together in this place in worship, wouldn't you? I've had several people over the last few weeks who have, who have asked me, they say, well, what do you think it's going to be like when we all get back together? And I have thought about that actually quite a bit. And of course, you know, nobody knows initially whether we're able to get back in, uh, in just sections or whether we're able to all get back together at one time. But I have imagined it, just to myself what it's going to be like when everybody is able to be back together in this room. I think I kind of imagine it as, as kind of an Easter Sunday type atmosphere. I look for this room to be absolutely filled with people who are so excited to finally see each other again and to hug each other's necks if we're allowed, and shake hands if we're allowed, but certainly just to see each other and to smile at each other and to wave at each other and to just kind of check up on each other. I envision in my mind, boy, the orchestra right here behind me and their shiny instruments and they're just ready to play because they hadn't played in so long. And I can imagine the choir. Can you imagine what the choir is going to sound like on that first day when we're all back together? Can you imagine what that choir anthem, that choir special is going to sound like with the orchestra really playing their instruments and the choir singing with all of their heart? Can you imagine what it's going to feel like to be in this room with all of that energy and with all of that excitement as together we worship the Lord. You know, I can tell you, God has really blessed us with the technology to be able to do a virtual church. But I'm going to be honest with you, having preached here in this place for the last five weeks and nothing but empty pews in front of me, it is just not the same. Though this is the most beautiful sanctuary in the world, without you, it's just not First Baptist Church Jackson. And there's just an energy about your presence. Being able to hear and see how God's been at work in your lives. Being able to watch you sing. Being able to watch you open up the Word of God and sometimes even lean your elbows up on your knees with your Bible open. Just soaking in anything God has to say to you through His Word. It is a feeling and an experience like no other. And I'm telling you, I miss it dearly. Well, as we come to Psalm 84, Psalm 84 is considered a pilgrimage psalm. The psalmist, it seems, is making his way towards the house of God. And he can't wait to come to the house of God and be in the presence of the Lord. 
And so I want to read through Psalm 84 in its entirety, but then I want to come back and I want to point out to you the desire of the heart of the psalmist to be in the presence of God. I want us to ponder the descriptions that he gives of God. And then I also want us to take note of the declaration that he makes to God. So let's look together with Bibles open, Psalm 84, beginning in verse 1. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home in the swallow, a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Selah. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. And so it's evident the desire of the heart of this psalmist to be in the presence of God. You see it there from the very beginning. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. He says, as I think about your dwelling place, what a wonderful place it is. He says, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. He says, I can't wait to be in your presence. My heart, my flesh, my soul faints. I am just so excited. I can't wait to be there and be with you. He says in verse 3, even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. The psalmist is essentially saying, oh, to be a bird in the house of God who can just fly into the house of God anytime he wants and can make a nest anywhere he wants. And knows that he's in the shelter and in the shadow of Almighty God. He says there in verse 4, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. He says, Oh, to be a priest in the house of God. Who's able to, to be there all the time. Always in his presence. And so then he says in verse 5, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. The valley of Baca was known as an arid region. And so as the traveler was making his way through this arid region, the tears of the worshipers, the tears of joy and excitement about coming to the house of God would make that arid region a place of plenty, a place of joy, a place that spills over. And so he says there as well, uh, they make it a spring. The rains also cover it with pools. 
They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. So the more they walk, the more they gain in strength, excited about being in the presence of the Lord. So then he says in verse 8, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. So here he's actually praying for the king who would be accompanying them into the house of God. And so he says, behold our shield. Shield was oftentimes a metaphor for the king, the one who is protecting the people. So pay attention to him and look upon the face of your anointed, the one that you've placed as king. Bless him, bless his reign, bless his family, bless the nation. And then he says in verse 10, a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. There is no place I would rather be than in the presence of Almighty God, the psalmist says. He says, The Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. He says, God, there is no one like You. And there is no place I would rather be than with you. As he anticipates being in the presence of God, in the house of God, he can barely contain himself. He is so excited to be there with him. So we see the desire of the psalmist to be in the presence of God, but I want us also to look at the descriptions that he gives of God. By the way, it's important when you're studying Scripture to always look to see how God is revealing himself, the ways that he reveals himself, the different aspects of his character. So I want us to take a few minutes and just look at that. If you'll go back there in verse 1, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. What does that mean, O Lord of hosts? Maybe you've heard the song about the God of angel armies is always by my side. That's really what the Lord of hosts speaks of. God who is the one who is in charge of all the mighty hosts of heaven. The one who is in charge of all things. And so he praises him as the one who is in charge. The one who is over all. The one who can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And then you also notice at the end of verse 2, he says, My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. It's not a God with, made with men's hands that I worship, the psalmist says. It's not a God who's just a figment of my imagination. It's not a, a God who maybe was once around but now is passed on. He says, No, I worship the God who lives. And being the God who lives, he sees and he hears and he knows. Being a God who lives, he desires to meet with me. He desires to reveal himself to me. He desires for me to come into his presence. You see in verse 3, he repeats the name, O Lord of hosts. It was very important to this particular psalmist. But he also at the end of verse 3 says, My King and my God. Though he would serve a human king, he realized that ultimately his responsibility was to the one who is king of kings. 
God is the maker and therefore the possessor of heaven and earth. All things belong to Him, and He is worthy of our worship. You see where he says in verse 8, again, he uses that familiar phrase, O Lord God of hosts. Again, that's meaningful to him as he uh, uh, sees God as the one who is the God of the angel armies, the one who has the command of all of heaven at his disposal. He says, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. But then he says, give ear, O God of Jacob. Jacob and Israel were names that were interchangeable. And so here he's referencing God as the one who is the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God who has been the one who formed the nation of Israel, the God who has been faithful to his people, even in incredibly difficult times, the God who has always been faithful to his promises, regardless of what experiences life brought the way of the people. And so he, he, as he calls him the God of Jacob, he is reminding himself that he worships the same God that Abraham worshipped. And so then you notice in verse 11 where he says, The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord God is a sun. So just like the sun brings light to us, just like the sun brings life to the plants and the trees and the flowers of the field. He says, Lord, you are the one who brings life to me. You are the one who guides me. You are the one who blesses me. But then he also says, God, you are a shield. You are the one who protects me. No wonder the psalmist wanted to be in the presence of God. As he knew that he was the God of hosts, the one who was over all, the one who could snap his fingers and make anything happen he wanted to happen. He knew that he was a living God who, who wanted uh, him to know him, who would reveal himself to him, who would hear him when he cried out. He was the God of Jacob, the God of Israel, the one who had been faithful to his people throughout all times. He was the son who gave life. He was the son who would light the way. He was a shield who would protect him. And so as the psalmist give these descriptions of God, it helps us to understand why he desired so much to be in the presence of God. But then finally, let's look at this declaration he makes to God in verse 12. O Lord of hosts, that's his favorite name for him. Blessed is the man who trusts in you. There's no one better than you. You know, as you've done your psalm reading this past week, there was one particular verse that I came across. It's always meant a lot to me, and it just seems like every time I come across it, that's the one verse that stands out. And it's the verse that says, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You remember how the psalmist began it. Who am I in heaven but you? There is no one on earth I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. 
The psalmist is praising God because God is the one he knew that he could count on. God is the one who was always there, who would always deliver, who was always faithful. And that's still true. Listen, the God that you and I listen to when we open up the Bible and we read these psalms, it is the God of Jacob. It is the living God. He is the one who is the strength of our heart and our portion forever. And so we should desire to be in his presence. And we should acknowledge all of these descriptions about him. And we should heed the declaration, blessed is the man who trusts in God. And so a question for you tonight is, do you trust in God? Do you have that desire to be with Him, to know Him, to hear Him, to praise Him? Do you know the living God, the faithful God of Jacob, the one who is a sun and a shield to those who trust in Him? Here's the good news that I want to leave you with tonight. And that is, is this man in the Psalms is longing to be in the presence of God by coming into the holy place of God because of what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. We don't have to come to this place to be in the presence of God. You can be in the presence of God right where you are. You see, Jesus opened the way for us, didn't he? Jesus opened the way for us to be in his presence through taking the penalty for our sin, dying on the cross, and be raised again on the third day. And as Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 8, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, church. COVID-19 can keep us from gathering together in this place and worshiping God, but COVID-19 can't keep us from the presence of God. You and I can be with Him. Are you spending time in the presence of God during this disruption in life? It's God who makes the difference. You know, as I stand here in this place, and as I said this morning, and as I've already said tonight, in my opinion, this is the most beautiful sanctuary in the world. It's certainly the most beautiful one that I've ever seen. The stained glass windows, breathtaking. The high ceilings, the deep stained wooden beams, absolutely beautiful. The intricate designs of some of the, the molding around the room. I mean, how do you even describe those things? And you know what? There are times when during the work week that I'll come into this room and I'll sit on a pew and I will just look at the beauty of this sanctuary. And I'll spend time just alone, nobody around in the presence of God. 
But here's what you need to know, and it's kind of like what we talked about this morning. It's not the beauty of the room that brings the presence of God. It's not being able to look at the stained glass and, and being look at the deep stained wood that means that God is here. These things can certainly help us focus our minds upon God. But at the end of the day, as beautiful as it is, it is just wood. And it is just glass. And it is just sheetrock and carpet. God is the one in whose presence we need to be. God is the one who is living, who is the sun and the shield. God, the Lord of hosts, the God of Jacob, He is the one who brings blessing in life when we trust in Him. So I know that you long to come back to this place and to gather together as a church and worship our God. And I'm with you. I'm telling you, I'm with you. I am so tired of preaching into this camera. I am so ready to be able to stand here and worship with you. But please remember, you can worship God where you are. He is the living God and he has provided a way to him through Jesus. Desire to sit in his presence. Listen as he reveals himself to you and be enamored with these new descriptions of him that you learn as you study through the Psalms. And make declarations of praise to him. Blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Will you pray with me? Our Father, we bow before you tonight and we praise you from whom all blessings flow. We praise you for reminding us tonight of who you are. We praise you for allowing us to see the desire of this psalmist to be in your presence because he knew how wonderful it would be to be in your presence. And Father, we praise you for Jesus Christ who has opened the door for us to be in your presence always. Father, we long to gather back in this place and to worship you. But what we are to long for more than anything else is to be with you. Thank you, O oh God, for allowing us to know your presence. And may we never miss the glory of being with you. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word and how you're guiding us through it. We thank you for how you're shaping us as a church family. And Father, help us to know more of your presence in our lives. For it's in the name of Jesus who makes it possible that we pray. Amen. Thank you.